Live from the capital of Raider Nation, Las Vegas, Nevada, it's Silver and Black Today. Your daily dose of all things Las Vegas Raiders football. News, views, guests, and your phone calls are all part of the game plan. There's only one nation, and it listens here. Now your host, Scott Colbranson. Welcome back. Silver and Black today here on this Tuesday. Scott Colbranson, Chris Chapman back with you. We're talking Raiders football. We're talking Las Vegas sports. Uh, Raiders news is a little slow right now, but we're still talking about we're still talking about what can be what will be for this Raiders team that uh, badly needs to improve their defense as well as other things. But they really need to focus on bolstering the defensive front uh, and getting some help on the back end and then figuring out, you know what, figuring out the red zone offense. Yeah, you got to figure out that red zone offense. Uh, We are, as always, powered by our good friend Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys, 702-820-1234, because you deserve what's right. Uh, You can call in 702 365 9200 is the number. And Chris, have you noticed like and 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 I know you you also love international football, soccer, uh and hockey, but you know you ever notice when you get into the off season people don't know what to do with themselves so they start arguing with each other. Yeah, it's 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 one of those things where I feel like as a sports fan there's never a lack of of good things going on, but yeah. for those people who really only watch like one sport all year and it's the NFL, First of all, you have the longest off season, which is which is <laughs> terrible. I feel like you have the shortest regular season, which is pretty. What are they only they, 16, 17 weeks of of a yeah. regular season? They have the the quickest playoffs. So at least we're like like what I've noticed: the hockey, the playoffs go on. The, the playoffs basically are a whole other season, yeah. right? Like the regular season will, normally will end in early April, and then the Stanley Cup won't be awarded until the beginning of June. So you have almost two full months. Of playoffs in the NHL, yeah. Uh, I mean, I watch, as you mentioned, I watch a lot of football or soccer, and that's pretty much year round. I mean, the the Premier League under normal circumstances will start in late August and end in late May, and then you have usually summer tournaments with international teams playing, and that's all summer. And so the the, the break is is only like two or three months of of between the season. So. It's one of those things where I don't I don't know how people do it where they only watch one sport. Like I've I've always watched a lot of sports and sometimes people say, Oh, it gets slow in the summer, but I mean if you're a baseball fan, that's the best time of year because there's nothing else to compete <laughs> with with baseball. So yes. and and it's it's funny, right? Because if you're a big sports fan, the NBA playoffs will end in, in mid June. Right. And then NFL training camp starts a month later. So it's it's yeah. okay, you have a month to kind of hold over if you don't really like baseball, but I, I don't know how people do it, man. Like, like, I, I, there's certain things I, I have a hard time watching. Like, I know they just had the Daytona 500, and I know we have NASCAR weekend coming up in in what two weeks here in Vegas. Two but weeks, right? I like going to the track. I can't sit and watch it on TV. It's just, it's just yeah. not a sport I can watch on TV. But it's one of those things where if you go to one live, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, and that's where like and, and and nothing against NASCAR fans. It's a huge sport, but I I love Formula 1. So oh, like I Yeah. So I you, I did you, when I was living in Asia, I did the Formula 1 race in Singapore. Oh. It was first of all, it's the only night race on the entire circuit that they do. Yeah. And Singapore in general is is a pretty fun city. Amazing food. I know if you're a foodie, Singapore Singapore is one of those cities where I mean, I like Indian food and I love Chinese food. And Singapore has some of the best of both, and and then they have their own little twists on things. 
It's it's such a great food city, but that now weekend you're, now you're making me hungry. Oh, Scott, I'm telling you <laughs> that, that weekend. Yeah, I, I definitely got to get out there. Oh, that's gonna it's it's they say fun, it's the biggest party. I, I love baseball, so and I'm like traditional, so I like the season. So okay, your football season's over, and then I would go into college basketball. But college basketball, no, no offense to the kids, I think it's just trash to watch this year. I'm not interested in watching it just because of all the craziness that's going on. A lot of the kids opted out, so teams that you expected to be good are not good. And it's just hard to get into this year and coming off of COVID after last year, too. So I'm looking forward to baseball because pitchers and catchers go in this week. Yeah. And hopefully you're going to get a full season and you're actually going to be able to see a game. I, I think they will get the full season. I think I think they were wrong to maybe not wait a month. I agree. To, to do it, because I feel like at this point, the way we're trending, if you wait a month, that's just more fans are going to be able to get into yes. your stadiums, right? By doing it in early by starting the season in in early April, you may not have enough states on board with allowing a lot of fans in, but if you started the season in early May, by that time it seems like most states will be fully open. Yeah. So you should be able like especially in California of you know, you live there. They're going to be so far behind everybody. They're going to Absolutely. be one of the last people to open that it sucks for the Padres because they have a, a team that could compete for the World Series, it seems, and they're not going to be able to have a lot of fans in the building because right. they're starting it so early. It's like, you know what? Hold off the month. Let people get vaccinated. Let let this thing kind of fade away as it seems to be doing. And then open up and, and, and start letting fans in the, in the doors. I mean, it, I agree. It, it's... Now it's I... Now I got to go see him in Phoenix. That's, yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I'm gonna have well, to I know do. a lot of Golden Knights fans. Have, they went down to Phoenix to watch the Golden Knights play in Phoenix, and now it seems yes. that that our state will finally start allowing 20 percent capacity. The Golden Knights submitted. Yeah, next month. Yeah, so so we're getting closer, man, and, and I think yes, a lot of people are starting God. to get excited. Yeah, when I drove down to Arizona a couple weeks ago, we were driving that stretch down to Phoenix. And I, these cars are passing me. I'm like, man, there's a lot of Golden Knights stickers. And I tell my wife, I'm like, yeah, do use Siri and see if the Golden Knights are playing in Phoenix. And she did, and sure enough. And then I saw that, yeah, they could have fans. So I was watching the game down there. So, yeah, if you can't watch it here, you're going to go where you can. Uh, but it should be interesting uh, to see how it all works out. But hopefully foot by the time football season goes around we're we're if if not at full stadiums pretty damn close all right we're going to go back on the lines our good friend rossi's been patient holding on all the way from across the world in australia it is rossi on silver and black today what's going on today rossi there's a lot of sports to unpack there first and foremost the <laughs> melbourne grand prix is the best grand prix because it's normally the first one on the calendar this year is the last in November, which coincides with the best horse racing in Spring Carnival uh, at the end of November. The Golden Knights, those golden helmets, that's a whole different conversation. <laughs> We're going to need more than three seconds for that. Um, did Jesse Merrick say that Mark Andre Fleury was the best goaltender in the NHL? He, no, he said at, during this stretch of games he has been. I think there's a guy uh, playing for the Islanders that uh, might might disagree. Uh, the Marlos <laughs> for, for me uh, and Grubauer. Funny enough, uh, tonight as well. Although the the, the, the Abs haven't been playing, uh, but that was a really good good win, and I'm quite excited about tonight's game. Um, if you're looking for a sport during summer, Aussie rules football. Chris and I were just talking about that. Um, yeah. Head down here. Uh, Pat McAfee uh, is a big fan uh, of, yes. uh, of Collingwood, unfortunately. But uh, if you guys want a, a, a rough game with zero rules, if you don't really know what you're watching, 
uh, it, it, it's a fun couple of hours. So you guys have got to come down to to, to my hometown and uh, and come and hang out. Well, Rossi, back in the day when in the states here, when ESPN didn't have a ton of programming, they they would play it a lot. So when I was younger, going through like um, junior high and high school, I watched it all the time. I loved it. I would watch it all the time because it was so much fun and the action never stops. And there's always something going on. And like you said, it's physical. And when you're jonesing for football, American football, to me, at least, okay, this is close. I mean, rugby's fine too, but Aussie football to me is, is a lot more fun to watch. It's as strategic uh, as, as, as any sport can be towards NFL. Cause I, 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 I view NFL in a completely different uh, tier of, of strategic and understanding each play. Where with AFL, yeah, you've you've, you've got to be able to actually understand the nuances of the game. It, it's fun to watch um, mm-hmm. if, uh, if if you're still new to it, but when you learn about it as well, it's it, it's a hell of a lot more fun as well. So, oh yeah, it's uh, they're, they're just on the sport. Watch what's going on uh, down here in the winter. That's always fun. Um, Raiders side uh, on the draft. Um, sell me, uh, sell me a, a middle linebacker from uh, from Notre Dame. Why, why should we go there instead of uh, someone like uh, OA from uh, from Penn State? Well, I think I think that first of all, I think he'll be gone. But I also think that num- number two, I think they'll address. I think you can address effectively the defensive line in free agency as you can on the back end too. So I mean, obviously they're not going to they're not going to draft a defensive back in that first round. So to me, here's a guy, and he's got versatility as well. And I just think that he he lays the wood. He brings an attitude and a physicality to his game. And we're talking, of course, about Jeremiah Awasu Koromoa. Gosh, why is it coming out bad? Um, But to me, Rossi, that's the kind of guy I like. And I think that, you know, we talk about having those alpha dogs, a guy who's going to come in there and do it. I'm not saying that there couldn't be somebody up front. I like Barmore from Alabama as well. Either one of those guys I would be happy with if the Raiders could could nab at 17. Um, I just think it's been so long. I mean, you put him on in that linebacking core along Corey Littleton with Nick Kwiatkowski there as well, and I think you have a nice, nice core, a nice linebacker core that's going to help you out a lot. But to a caller's point earlier, you have to be able to have the push up front for those guys to be successful. So they kind of go hand in hand. If you don't address the defensive line in free agency. Uh, and do it well, then I would say you go with you go with a defensive lineman. Yeah, I I, I think, uh, and we spoke about this last week. Um, I think that the the free agency you uh, really do uh, focus on the on the two ends, your defensive line and the secondary. You, you bring in um, an alpha dog on that line. You bring in somebody that's still uh, a little bit better. I, I know I've spoken about Daquan Jones. Uh, but then on the on the back end, uh, a Sherman, a Justin Simmons, somebody that can not only play it still at still at a high level, but also teach and, and and bring that physicality. So I think personally, I, I I'm 100 with you. I think uh, if we can um, recruit a, a linebacking core and bring them up together through through this draft, uh, I, I think that that's going to be a really major stepping stone for for Gus Bradley and the uh, and, and the. The only other thing that I would say that uh, 
and I know that you've mentioned this a few times uh, about looking at the, the offensive line. I wouldn't have a major problem with trading up, uh, especially if, if the right D guy isn't, uh, have already fallen off the, mm-hmm. uh, off, off the draft board, is, is to go and get somebody like Rashawn Slater, uh, the, mm-hmm. the tackle out of Northwestern. Um, I, I, I would like to see the Raiders make that, that offensive line just a little bit younger as well. Yeah, no, I think it's a need. I think it's a need, and to me, you look at the you look at the draft this year, especially the first round. Really, when you get past six or seven, it, it falls off a little bit. And so, to me, if you can, if you, to your point about wa- wanting to move up, if you could move up and get a player like that there, then I would do it. I know a lot of people say, "Oh, no, you got to address the defense," but there's other ways to address the defense. I think the fall off in this weird year is so great um, that that that's got to be within in the possibility, and you have to consider it. Now, it all depends on how it falls. We know how the first round can sometimes change uh, very rapidly, but there's guys out there. I know PFF mentioned, for example, like Deron Payne from Washington might be available in a trade. He's an intriguing guy that you could get up front as a defensive tackle uh, as well. So I think there's going to be a lot of guys, and we still don't know, Rossi, this whole this whole salary cap issue. There's going to be some names that hit the street that no one's going to expect. And so is that the opportunity for the Raiders to jump in? Uh, and that'll, to me, that'll change the whole fabric of what they do in the draft, especially if they end up staying pat at 17 or look to move around in the first round. Yeah, I'm glad that you brought that up because the Raiders aren't, apart from cutting tie, uh, with, um, which is for me is, is a personal thing. I'm, I'm, I'm disappointed. I felt that uh, he he certainly uh, could have done a lot more with uh, with the silver and black uh, if, if he was fit. But I, I'm still not seeing. Um, much in the way of uh, renegotiating contracts or, or dumping salary. Uh, we know the the simple ones, the low hanging fruit ones, which which is just making me just question what else is actually going on behind the scenes. Is it a case of blinking first? To, to your point, is it a case of seeing what other teams do uh, before we uh, react? Uh, it's it's going to be a really interesting uh, time. Uh, through this entire off-season leading up up to the draft because I think that there's going to be, it may not be Raiders news, but there's definitely going to be NFL news um, probably starting on from from this week moving forward uh, with, uh, with other teams. Yeah, it's, it's it it's a great point because I, I think the, as I said at the I said at the top of the show I'm waiting for that other shoe to drop because I'm I there has been some movement with some teams you're seeing some guys go but uh, it seems like yeah there's a massive game of poker and nobody wants to throw down their hand yet uh, or at least um, uh, you know say they're all in on something so 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 I agree with you that's the, the the issue with Raider news right now is you're not seeing a lot of movement on anything I mean like you said Terrell Williams we know about that we knew what was going on and outside of the trade talk around Marcus Mariota we're not hearing anything about Trent Brown what I'm hearing from inside the organization is that they're still really thinking through what they're going to do with them so that tells me 
that they're they might be leaning towards keeping them, not cutting them. Uh, and if that's the case, then maybe they're sitting there and they're doing a lot of math because they got to figure out how they're going to free up some cash to go out and fill those holes that they have on defense. Because what they can't do in 2021 is come in and have a defense that's that's pretty much the same with a couple you know moderate pieces that they add. They really need to, I think, remake that front and add some people who are going to come in and make a difference and impact players right away. You can't have guys come in and say, well, yeah, it'll take them a year to develop or to learn the system. Well, Gus Bradley's system is not that complex. Um, and if you get the right players who are familiar with it or a similar system, you should be able to hit the ground running. Yeah, that's right. Mel, something like Melvin Ingram uh, mm-hmm. does that. It, it, exactly correct. I, I, I could not agree with you more. I think that the if they keep Trent Brown and renegotiate the contract, which uh, just, just really just for, from a cap point of view, I, I can see that happening. We haven't heard anything about Richie Incognito uh, as of yet. Um, we know that Tom Cable did a great patchwork job uh, leading up to the season. We would have put our best five against anybody's other best five um, in, yeah. in the league as well as, as an offensive line. And so I think if, if Mayock and Gruden are looking at that and just going, hey, look, you know, Trent Brown hasn't played that much. So from a physical point of view, body's holding up. Richie's coming back from a long-term injury. If there's somebody in the later rounds of the draft just to get that line a little bit younger, then maybe that, that that's where we go and, and we still leave that offence uh, in DC's hands. Um, we go find a, a, a wide receiver. But we, where is that money going to be? Like where, where the, if, if the cap's staying at 180, 181, which is the, the reports, uh, you know, we, we still need to cut a, a lot of money to then go and still up upgrade other areas uh, and I outside of Trent Brown and, and the well publicized cuts that uh, that the Raiders are meant to be uh, looking at I don't really see where where there's a, a, a lot of wiggle room there yeah no doubt about it Rossi as always my friend thank you so much for calling in have a great night over there or afternoon I should say yeah. I'm looking forward to uh, two o'clock this afternoon the uh, the golden Knights and the Amps. Um, That's right, and and I'm I'm hoping for your sake they are wearing their newly polished gold helmets. Man, if they're going to wear those, they have to be wearing a mustard shirt. Oh no, oh no, that would be a nightmare for both of us. All right, Rossi, you take care, my man. (laughs) (laughs) All right, there you go, Rossi from Australia. We're going to take a quick break, and we come back. Chris and I will roll on here with Silver and Black today on Raider Nation Radio. From Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Q Myers. Oh yeah, bring it in. Chris Chapman and Scott Goldbranson here on Silver and Black today on this Tuesday. We hope you guys are doing well. If you're in Raider Nation and you're in these terrible storms throughout the country, be safe. We hope you're doing okay. Our good friend Q Myers, of course, is in Texas, and him and his family are without power, and so we send them our best. If I could send them heat, I would, 
Uh, but uh, we we hope they're okay and that all of you are doing all right as well. Uh, here in Las Vegas, we are shoveling sunshine. Um, we don't want to rub that in on you, but uh, it was, I think, about 65 here today, and uh, the sun is shining. I think it's going to be a really hot winter here, so when my face is melting off in July, you'll hear about that as well. Anyway, we're back, and, and always, we're powered by our good friends Sam and Ash, the injury attorneys. You can visit them at Sam and Ash Law. Dot com because you deserve what's right. You can get on the phones. Tell us what you think. We just talked with Rossi about free agent possibilities, draft possibilities. 702-365-9200 is the number to call Chris and I and to get on the air. And we're going out right now to a caller. It is Raider Paul. Raider Paul, you're on with Scott and Chris. What's going on today, buddy? Hey, how's it going, guys? Thanks Good, for brother. taking my call. My best out there to queue and then yeah, I feel really guilty then people going through that bad weather. He might want to think about putting a, a wood burning stove in his house <laughs> next year. No kidding. It's it's crazy. I mean, Texas just not they're not built to deal with that. It's you know, it's it to, to have Texas cities in Texas be colder than Anchorage, Alaska at this time of the year is pretty insane. Yeah, so my prayers are out there for everybody. But before I make my comment on if I was the GM, what I would be doing, you know, NASCAR there's no football, but let me tell you, NASCAR is the best. You turn the TV on, you watch the opening race, maybe four or five laps, take a nice nap, and then <laughs> wake up the last five laps. It is perfect. <laughs> That's like it. I don't watch the NBA much. I'm like Chris. And in fact, uh-huh. I, I almost think, with all due respect to big NBA fans out there, I almost think the NBA right now is unwatchable, but uh-huh. I will tune in. I'll tune into the last five minutes of a game. I'm a big Golden uh, Warriors fan until ah. they moved from Oakland because I'm I came you know from uh, the, the Warriors. I'm a huge Oakland A's fan. I'm hoping somebody buys them and brings them here too. <laughs> but I got to tell you, when you go to an A's game, A's game, you can sit anywhere because yeah. there's nobody there, and you can yeah. move around wherever you want. It's the best. Yeah, but no uh, back to being the GM. You know, I'll tell you, right now, I would get Carr on an extension, maybe work with his money, get him some incentives, try to keep them both, because it's so important to have a good backup quarterback, run a plan, something like the Saints do with the two-quarterback system, and I'm all in on J.J. Watts. I wouldn't even let his plane leave anywhere but Vegas. I'd bring him here. I'd get him signed. Sorry, Brown, i got to work something out to get you out of here. I'd get Sherman in here, and the key to that line would be Von Miller because the Broncos are not going to keep him this year. Broncos yeah, that... always come to the Raiders. We had Al Davis. We just had uh, Marshall a couple years ago. It didn't work out. But the Broncos always want to come to the Raiders for revenge. Now, what do you think of that lineup? Yeah, that would be incredible. Um, I think, you know, I like J.J. Watt. We talked about that on our Sunday video uh, stream. And um, it, the, on, the, the only thing that doesn't fit with J.J. Watt is a team being close to a championship. So the Raiders, I think, fall off his radar because of that. I think he would be a great fit there, especially in the locker room. I mean, with those young guys and then adding the other pieces you're talking about would be phenomenal. I just, I think from a cost perspective, it's going to be prohibitive. 
Um, but you never know. I mean, the Raiders, you know, people are thinking the Raiders make a big splash at quarterback. I don't think so. I think if they're going to make a big splash, it's going to be on defense. Uh, and if they could sign two of those guys or even, heck, one of those guys and somebody else um, that is, is solid and it's not going to cost them a ton of money, and then they can go get some, some young bucks in the draft, uh, I think that's what you need. But I think you need veteran presence. There's no question. And I think that's what you're getting at there, too, would be phenomenal on that. So, Raider Paul, thanks for the call, man. We'll talk to you again soon. We appreciate it. That opens up a line, 702-365-9200 is the number. We're going out to our good friend in, excuse me, in Hoboken, New Jersey. That is Matt. Matt, what's going on on this Tuesday, buddy? What's up? How you doing? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate you as always. So, uh, and I'm, I'm not going to, my comment say is, is not something that, that nobody knows, but uh, just a reminder that when we're talking in terms of free agents that we want to pick up, and I do believe, I do totally agree with you that we need to get veterans on the defense, good veterans, not these role-player type guys. I think we need to get big-time impact veterans on this defense because I think there needs to be some more leadership on the defensive line because that's a young group. The secondary is certainly a young group. So those guys need some, some veteran leadership. But what I'm going to say is and none of that happens without, you know, cap-wise, without Guy like guy like Brown, a guy like Joyner, or, or and or a guy like Mariota. So if if the Raiders are kicking the tires on hanging on to Brown, and it's not a foregone conclusion that Mariota's out the door either, if those guys stick around, there's not going to be the kind of money we need to get those kind of guys. So I think the, an early indicator is going to be if, if if we're talking about keeping some of those guys and not releasing them or cutting them, there may not be as much movement on defense, free agent wise, as we think there's going to be. So we got to look at those guys first, and that's going to be the indicator as to what kind of offseason we have. Gruden has yep. made some comments, uh, you know, that, and, and I'm getting an indication from him that he thinks a lot of the problem was schematics. So maybe he trusts the current, the current defensive personnel that he has out there, and is, thinks Bradley's going to make a big difference. I'm of the opinion we need we need players. I'm not of the opinion that Bradley's going to work a miracle. No, and Matt, I'll tell you what, man. I you, you just you just articulated my exact position, which is, it, it, it to me, you need players. I mean, the bottom line is, I, I scheme and all that stuff. I understand that it it might have slowed growth. It might have confused some of the players. I mean, I think I think it really did mess with the confidence. Of, of of some of the guys on the team, including Corey Littleton, who was their big free agent they brought in last year at linebacker. So I agree on that point. But up front, I'm sorry. I mean, you watch the film too, Matt. I know you do. And uh, you, all you had to do is watch. And you can see some of those guys are just not getting it done. And so to your point, you have got to clear cap space. And that's why, you know, you wonder when it's going to happen. And I'm going to talk to Vinny about that coming up here pretty soon. Because to me, um, you're right. You, you you can't you can't go forward and go get some some impact players in the free agent market or on the trade market even uh, without freeing up cap space. It's just not going to happen. So yeah. if you're going to keep Trent Brown, I mean, you can't keep Trent Brown and Marcus Mariota. You just can't. Oh, or if you do, that that means you're all in on the guys you already have plus who you draft, and that That's to me right. would be I very think, concerning. I think that would be a big mistake. And and you know, one more point. You know, Paul Gunther, Paul Gunther got villainized this year, and for good reason. You know, they, they, they didn't perform well, but Paul Gunther is an NFL defensive coordinator. This, is a, this guy is not a guy who doesn't know what he's doing. He's coordinated defenses that have been successful in the past in, in, in Cincinnati. So, you know, I don't, I'm not a, I don't subscribe to it was entirely his fault. I do, like, and, and just this is more to your point, 
we need players. Yeah. Well, and I'll tell you what, Matt, on our video stream on Sunday night, since we didn't have a show Monday, we did a video stream on Sunday. I talked about that, and I had some people call call us haters for criticizing Gruden and the way he's managed uh, player personnel and the way he's managed the team. Because anybody out there who doesn't think that John Gruden's in charge of everything is fooling themselves. And again, I'm not being overly critical. I'm looking at results. I'm looking at performance. Um, I treat the team fairly. I'm not a shill, and I'm also not a hater. I'm somebody who's going to just like you, Matt, I'm going to tell it like it is. And they don't have enough players on defense. That doesn't mean they don't have players on defense. I think they're there. And to your point, some of the scheme changes will take care of some of those things. There's no doubt. I think Corey Littleton will play better. I think some of those guys on the back end will play better. But I just think that you need leadership because, again, I said it over and over the last four or five weeks. If I'm a quarterback on the other side, if I'm Patrick Mahomes or I'm Justin Herbert or I'm whoever's in Denver this year at quarterback, there's nobody on that defensive front, Sands, Max Crosby to a certain degree, who I look at and I want to account for. Nobody scares me. Nobody intimidates me. Nobody makes me think they're going to make a big play, and that's a problem. I agree. And uh, as far as development is concerned, this is – you know, Jerry Glanville, you had a great quote in the old NFL films. This is the NFL, which stands for not for long. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I'm not, I'm, you know, they got to develop, but at a certain point, you got to perform and development gets old every once, you know, develop, developing players that that line is getting old. Yeah, and I agree. I mean, listen, uh, you know, Arden Key, I thought, showed some promise this year, but I, I'm sort of done. I don't think he's going to make it. I look at uh, Mo Hurst. I like him. He's the nicest young man, by the way, you'll ever meet in your life. Just a really good guy. But at the same time, this is a big year for him. He's got to show it. Cleveland Furrell's got to do it. He developed a little more last year, but you have to see more consistency out of it. So so you have a couple young players up front that I like, but they need a lot of help, I think, and they need veteran help. So I know you and I agree on that. Matt, as always, man. And thank you for the call. Take care of yourself. We'll talk to you soon. Thank you. All right. There's Matt in Hoboken. That frees up another line, 702-365-9200. And here comes the, the soon heir apparent, the prince of protein bars. Aiden is on the phone. Aiden, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Good, brother. What's going on today? I was just uh, making a run delivering some bars, and I was listening, and uh, I wanted to give my two cents on what's going on. Do it. Tell me what you think. So everybody's been making great points, you know, talking about cutting some, some players that we need to, like Trent Brown and his $14 million and LaMarcus Joyner and his $8.8 million. And once you get those situated, because we have 22 free agents, and, and once we get enough money, we need, I think, we need – defensive tackle pull because with a healthy Max Crosby, a healthy Clee Farrell, our defensive ends are fast and they're effective and they can get to the quarterback, but the whole season they got double teamed because Jonathan Hankins wasn't doing anything. Malik Collins was a waste. We had no pull up the middle and, you know, the obvious Leonard Williams and, and Dalvin Tomlinson, Shelby Harris, so I feel like if we could just get one of those guys, just one of those guys to really come in and build an identity and give us some pressure and some pull up the middle, free up our defensive ends, then our linebackers will play a lot better. Our corners won't have to cover for so long. And, and you know, the quarterback, the run game will get shut down. I feel like it all, like Gus, Gus Bradley said, it all starts up front. And just one solid player like a Leonard Williams or Dalvin Tomlinson, a good pass rusher, and then pick up a, a John Johnson or Marcus Williams, 
and that'll just increase our defensive productivity so much because with a pass rush, I feel like Arnett developing, Abram move him down to a, to a substitute linebacker and just get a solid free safety. We could be top 15 around top 12 defense, and as long as our offense doesn't change too much, like maybe we could draft a good offensive tackle to slide in and fill for Trent Brown, we could be a, a deep-seed playoff caliber team. I just think we just have a couple things we need to, to shift here and there and just to build a real defensive identity. Yeah, no, Aiden, good call, man. No, and I agree. I think I think you didn't have that push up front. When they did have, I mean, you look at some of the games, you look at the win in Kansas City, right? They had a push up front. And they disrupted. They disrupted Mahomes, and so. You, but you, you just didn't get it consistently. So you're right. You add a player in that middle. That's why I've been saying uh, you don't necessarily need to go get a big edge guy. But if you get somebody who can consistently put pressure up the middle, you're right. You'll free up Max Crosby, um, and you can do some other things at the end. You can find some of the younger guys uh, in the draft, at linebacker like we talked about. And really, you're right. The identity is important there, and I think that identity has to be the combination of adding seasoned veterans who've proven that they can be pass rushers along with those young players, and it'll develop. So um, I love that approach, and I agree with you. Aiden, thank you call man you take care of yourself right on thank you all right there you go all right we're going to take our last break here when we come back we're going to try to connect with Vinny. we'll ask him what he thinks and where things are going with the raiders and it's been all quiet on the western front uh at least on the western front of henderson because the raiders facility is in west henderson uh but we'll talk to him about that we'll also take your calls you can get on the phone 702-365-9200 is the number you're with chris and scott here on silver and black today on raider nation radio from Stabler to Plunkett and Allen to Jacobs, we've got your Raiders covered on Silver and Black today. Here are your hosts, Scott Goldbranson and Q Myers. Welcome back, Scott and Chris, with you here on Silver and Black today on this Tuesday. And I feel like I could run through a wall. You know why? Because before every show, I fuel up. I don't eat lunch. In fact, I do meal replacement, and I do it with the best protein bar I've ever tasted. That is Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bar. Uh, You can check it out at drjensnutrition.com. I have one of these before every show. And I'll tell you what, it gets me through. And sometimes I don't even want to eat dinner because it's it's so full of fiber and great protein. There's no artificial ingredients, no artificial sweeteners like sugar, alcohol, all that stuff that's going to make you blow up like a balloon, all that junk. No, instead, I worked out today. I had one this morning, actually, before I worked out. Uh, and then after the workout, before the show, after I took a shower, I had another one. And let me tell you, this stuff is so good. It doesn't matter. Anybody in your family can eat these. My kids love to eat them. Um, I've really weaned them off the bad sugar stuff. And and Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars come in so many great flavors. This is not the protein bar from like 10 years ago where you bit into it and you felt like you were eating your wallet, okay, like a piece of leather. This is not it. Dr. Jen's has great flavors. You will not uh, You will not be disappointed. And you can get a special discount. Use the code SBT10. SBT10 at Dr. Jen's 
silverandblacknation.com. You get a special discount for Silver and Black Today listeners, plus you get free shipping. If you're in Las Vegas, you can go to Vegas Discount Nutrition or Terrible Herbst's um, convenience stores all over the valley and pick them up there too. Trust me, these things are amazing. Try them. Our listeners will tell you. They, they get on Twitter and they talk about it all the time, how they bought them and they love them as well. So Dr. Jen's Ultimate Protein Bars, check out Dr. Jen's Nutrition.com. We thank them for their support. All right. We're now going out to the west side of Henderson, right off Raiders Way. There's this big building there. The Raiders call it home now. And joining us from the studio there, where he will do his show in the huddle, is Mr. Vinny Bonsignor. Is coming up from 4 to 6. Vinny, how you doing, man? I'm good. How are you guys doing? I'm doing good. Uh, so you're in the facility there, and I know you know we always tell the Raiders when we're over there doing shows, it's kind of uh, you know we got we have our blinders on and we have our ears closed. Uh, but uh, I was reading your story yesterday that you that you wrote for the RJ. Uh, for those of you who don't know, which I'm, I'm at at this point, everybody's got to know. Vinny is also the beat writer for the Raiders over at the RJ. Um, but you brought up some players as far as what the Raiders might be looking to do in free agency. We've talked a lot about it with the callers on the show today, and the name that we. We've been talking about for weeks here, too, is a guy that you mentioned first in that article is Richard Sherman. Um, Richard Sherman coming in, you know, we've we've all seen the video on Chris Collinsworth's um, uh, podcast and and video broadcast uh, of him and John Gruden talking. Uh, but when you look at Richard Sherman, what do you what do you what are you hearing about that? And and if he comes in, he would play safety, right? I don't think they put him at cornerback. Or what are you thinking would be the addition of Richard Sherman if he were to become a Raider? I, I don't think safety. I think that no? uh, they've got their eyes on uh, other options at, at, at safety. There's some some pretty good safeties, uh, young safeties uh, in their prime uh, that uh, would be an automatic easy upgrade over uh, you know Eric Harris and, and who Marcus they were May up baby there last year. Uh, yeah, guys like that, John Johnson, Marcus John May. Johnson. Um, the the uh, New Orleans Saints uh, safety that uh, that's that's going to be available. Justin Simmons, I think he stays uh, in Denver, but there's there's plenty of uh, safety options. Anthony Harris for the Minnesota Vikings. No, I think that if Richard Sherman came, um, he would he would come as either a starter <laughs> over you know as one of the uh, top two cornerbacks, or given how um, how much teams play off of their uh, base defense these days, uh, he would be on the field a lot. I don't think, as I wrote, uh, there's, you know, obviously you need to get uh, Damon Arnett and Trayvon Mullen uh, as much time on the field as possible. That's how you get better. Uh, You know, even uh, you look at a guy like Arnett, all the time that he missed last year, it really stunted his his growth, and and the Raiders really have confidence in him. Uh, and in order for him to reach his potential, he needs to be on the field. So a guy like Richard Sherman comes in in conjunction with those two guys, not in lieu of uh, uh, either of those two guys. Now, if he takes somebody's job, so be it. I mean, that's just how mm-hmm. life works in the NFL, and uh, whoever gets beat out has to accept their role uh, and get better and and win that job back. But uh, even if Richard Sherman, you know, doesn't come in necessarily as a starter. Uh, I think he's a guy that would see a lot of plays. I mean, just based on how much uh, teams play in nickel dime coverage now. Yeah, no doubt about it. Vinny Bonsignor is our guest. is coming up next with In the Huddle from four to six. One of the other things too, Vinny, I've been bringing up on the show today 
is there's a lot of folks who kind of see it as a foregone conclusion that Marcus Mariota will be traded. And while the Raiders might be exploring that, especially with that $10.5 million non-guaranteed contract, um, it's not that easy, especially when you look at teams. If I'm a team, whether it's the teams that have been rumored to be very interested in Mariota, like the Washington football team or the New England Patriots that we've heard from from other national sources, um, if I'm them, do I want to pay $10.5 million with a guy I'm not really sure is going to start, uh, especially with you get free agent. You look at a, a guy I talked about earlier, Tyrod Taylor, Jacoby Brissett, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston, if he doesn't end up back in New Orleans, and 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 Fitzmagic, Ryan Fitzpatrick, of course. Um, it's not that easy. People, I think, are looking at this like, well, this is going to be easy and you're going to get a draft pick. But if you're the other team, uh, aren't you going to exhaust all other options first uh, unless you're just absolutely in love with them? Yeah, uh, there's no question about that. And, you know, so from the Raiders' perspective, um, you know, they, you do your due diligence and, you know, uh, I'm sure you know, like, where you are maybe on the pecking order. Uh, like, let's just say Team A says, hey, we have interest in Marcus Mariota, but we have a little bit more interest in some other guys that are out there. Um, you know, check back with, with us after mm-hmm. uh, some of the other various dominoes fall, uh, and then we can really start talking about, you know, compensation if it gets to that point. Um, so, uh, but there are better options right now. Um, you know, number one, number two, you just mentioned a whole bunch of guys that are going to hit free agency. Um, some of them won't, but a lot of them will. Uh, you know, and so there's a glut uh, on the market in terms of you know it 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 really kind of hampers the seller's market uh, end of it. So uh, and a lot of teams rightfully so, are, are looking at the Raiders situation and the Marcus Mariota situation and saying he's, he's probably going to be a free agent at some point. You know, the Raiders yep. need to create space, as, do, as does every other team basically in the, in the NFL, uh, say for a few. Um, and Marcus Mariota at 10.7 uh, is an easy target for a cap casualty uh, situation, which means that he'd be on the open market sooner rather than later, and you just wait it out without giving up any compensation. The key to it all is if some of these other dominoes fall um, and, you know, options are taken away, then Marcus Mariota does become, you know, maybe a plan B option for some teams. And at that point, if there's multiple teams involved, uh, you know, maybe the Raiders can play one off, uh, you know, of the other. But even at that point, you know, I wouldn't expect them to get much for him, you know, maybe uh, at at the high point, a fourth round pick. Uh, But even that seems a little bit... um, you know, uh, ambitious, uh, especially at this point, you, you might be better off if you're the Raiders uh, on doing a conditional deal where, um, you know, compensation is ultimately tied into playing time and performance level and, and those type of things so that you at least give yourself an option of getting something better if Marcus Mariota goes somewhere and wins a job and does really well. Yeah, and Vinny, I, I know you never say never, but is there any way that this team can keep Marcus Mariota on the on the roster knowing what they need to do to free up that cap space to address the defensive issues? Very tough to see that at this point, unless yeah. you know he's willing to do a, uh, a renegotiation where – and remember, he doesn't have guaranteed money coming to him. Uh, right. That's all been exhausted, so um, – you know, if you're Marcus Mariota, maybe you're open to uh, a renegotiation where you lower the cap hit uh, b- while also getting some guaranteed money uh, in your pocket. Or if you're Marcus Mariota, maybe you say, "Hey, look, um, go ahead and you know, I'd, I'd, ra- I'd rather you just release me because there's some places out there uh, on the horizon that might offer me a better chance uh, to start and you know uh, to, to to really compete for a starting."
starting position because that's not going to happen here. As long as Derek Carr is here, he's the quarterback. Uh, he's the better option. He's the better player. Uh, he's the proven commodity. This is his team. And so if you're Marcus Mariota, maybe you're looking at that saying thank you to the Raiders, A, for paying me last year, B, for really getting me back uh, in order. Um, I think the, the, the Marcus Mariota that we saw against the Chargers uh, opened up a lot of eyes, and it was good to see uh, Marcus Mariota physically fit and also in a great mental place. Uh, to get back out on the f- football field and, and and do some nice things, and so you know he might be looking at it as, uh, you know, I spent a year here getting myself right in all phases. Uh, now it's time for me to go really compete for a starting job somewhere. Now, Vinny, tell me what does your gut tell you? So I'm just based not not asking you on information because I know we talked about it last week. But what does your gut tell you on on Trent Brown? I'm still flip flopping on that, to be honest with you, and you know. On one hand, it goes back to the question of if you're the Raiders, do you believe last year was a fluke uh, that um, Trent Brown is going to quickly put behind him and become a dependable player uh, over the next year, at the very least this next year, um, and see how it goes? Uh, And when we say dependable, we mean being able to be out on the football field. You know, that's what this is all about. Can he be a guy that you can count on, um, you know, 16 times a year or 15 times a year uh, and and be able to justifiably say, hey, last year, the four games that he played, eight plays of another game uh, just were not indicative of who this guy is and how much he cares and how much he wants to be out, you know, on the field. It was just a fluke. And we believe that. And if that is the case, I think the first thing you do is probably approach him about doing a renegotiation uh, because, again, much like Marcus Mariota, he doesn't have guaranteed money left on his deal. Uh, So that's something that the Raiders could use as leverage if they want him back but at a lower number in order to create some cap space by telling him, look, we'll, we'll work with you on the guaranteed. We'll turn you know, some, of what you're, uh, some of those non-guarantees and guarantees uh, but, and, uh, while simultaneously lowering the number per year. Uh, but at least you get some guarantees in your pocket, whereas right now you don't. And if he's not open to that, then you have to really seriously ask yourself that question, what was last year all about? Is that Trent Brown? Is that who we're going to get again next year uh, and go you know, uh, 11 games out of the season, 12 games out of the season, wondering if our big right tackle is going to be out there. And if, and if you have any hesitation about that, if you have any question about that, if there's any concern that you're going to see either a repeat or something similar to, uh, then you got to walk away at that, at that point. But if you feel strongly that he can, you know, you, I think you try to renegotiate uh, with him to get the number down, put some guaranteed money in his pocket and have your right tackle in place going into next season. Yeah, I know uh, fans are all kind of uh, biting their nails, waiting for the shoes to drop on what this Raiders team is going to do uh, around space, uh, cap space, and some of these personnel decisions. And you can uh, talk to Vinny about it next on uh, In the Huddle from 4 to 6 p.m. right here on Raider Nation Radio. Vinny's live at the Raiders facility out in Henderson today. Vinny, have a great show, my man. We'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thank you, guys. Have a good one. All right. There's Vinny coming up next. Chris, man, thanks for being with me today. I'll talk to you tomorrow, my man. Sounds good, brother. All right. For Chris Chapman, for Vinny Bonsignor, I am Scott Colbrans, and this has been Silver and Black Today. Make sure you check out the website that started it all, silverandblacktoday.com. A couple of good stories up there about the quarterback situation with Marcus Mariota and around Derek Carr and extending him up on the website. For everyone here at Raider Nation Radio, have a great night, everybody.